0: In today's episode, Dave interviews teacher, director, and Second City alum Mark Beltzman. Mark was in According to Jim, Billy Madison, and The Wedding Singer. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. I don't know how to do this thing, and then you go, I'm going to learn how to do this thing.
1: Well, you learn how to learn. Right. Learning how to learn
0: is
1: what we do. That's what improv is, is learning to learn. And enjoying that process. Enjoying not knowing instead of being fearing it. Yeah. People so are so afraid of change. Everything changes. Something changes on Facebook, and it's like, Oh, I fucking hate Facebook. <laughs> and then you still use it, and three months later, everybody's just fine. I
0: know. Everything. And then the Change the, the, is scary. And, and and the idea of, I fucking hate this. Or the word hate, or fucking hate this, yeah. or oh, I can't
1: take it. Or fuck.
0: Or fuck. I do use fuck yeah, a lot. Do,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I use it a lot less, I have to say.
0: You do use it a lot less? Yeah.
1: I use it for more of a comedic purposes, but not for life. It just doesn't...
0: I got to tell you, I did find, as, as I'm listening to these things, I'm thinking, because I listen to them, I'll listen to them once, and I'll hear myself say fuck, like, and I'll go, "That just didn't, I didn't need to say that, bad. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I used to use it a lot more. And then the other thing I used to do is, is be angry for laughter's sake, for shock value. Right, right. And that just doesn't feel good anymore. No, I'll do it once in a while and it's just something in my body just goes, ooh, that's not good.
0: It's about being, to to know that that anger is a choice that you have.
1: Well, the other thing for me is your body doesn't know the difference. What do you mean? Even though we're using it for comedic purposes, your body, when when you fake angry, your body doesn't know you're faking angry, it just knows you're angry. <laughs> right. And then you laugh afterwards, of course, and sometimes laughter is a defense mechanism to deal with anger, but your body doesn't know the difference. No.
0: No. No, 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 Your body doesn't know the difference. And in that way, because your body doesn't know the difference, you have a, you have a choice of being angry and make, making your body go through that. Yeah. And it's also when you get angry, you make your body sick.
1: Yes, it's true. It's true, and that's why they say you know people who have terminal illness, especially cancer, mm-hmm. the best cure is laughter right. and enjoying yourself and having fun. And
0: I'm putting this down just for a second, but keep talking. Yeah. Uh, no, but it, it's really true, and it's also people don't think like they say. Okay, you put me, you made me angry. It's like I fucking didn't make you. Nobody anything. can make you. Anything. No, no. Nobody and the, can make you feel guilty
1: or right. angry. Right. Right. It's you feel you. You do that to yourself. Right.
0: Right, and, and I don't think that people realize that they have a fucking choice in the matter.
1: No, they do. You, you are creative source energy. You get to create everything. You moment. are
0: creative source energy. Yeah. You okay. are creative source energy.
1: Yeah. Everybody is creative source energy. You get to create every moment of every day just the way you want it. Right. And if it's not something
0: you want, you created it. Right. So you want it. You're holding on to it. Yeah. So if you're holding on to it, you must want it you want it. it. the mindlessness comes from when you're holding on to it and you don't realize that you're holding on to it
1: well and, and a lot of, it, there's there's this funny mixed messages we give ourselves with money mm-hmm. it's like you can create your own financial stability not knowing you know where your financial security is going to come from if you don't have a lot of money uh, and and then you say you convince yourself you have financial stability but then you say oh, i can't afford that I can't do that, or right. I don't have enough money to do that, or when I get enough money, I'll do that. And you're giving your, the universe mixed messages as to what it is you want, right. so the more energy you put into, oh, well, I really can't go take that trip to Africa, right. it's like, well, then you can't. Or right. you can. You can just go.
0: Or you I could say, I'm going to it. go to Africa.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm going to Africa. Yep. And how many times, I mean, I know you and I are good at that, the manifestation of it all. And the weird thing about that, like coming out of my mouth where I'm hearing myself say manifestation, I'm going, oh my God, when did I turn into that guy? You know, the manifestation guy or the guy that says when you manifest, like when did I turn into that guy? And then I look at it going, okay, I'm going to laugh about it and then I'm going (laughs) to manifest. Like, like saying, okay. You're,
1: you're, 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 you're a closet manifester Right. Exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. My mom walked in on me manifesting once. It's like, no, oh, no, no, no. You degenerate. Those words, and we know those words. The words like "fuck," the words like "hate," all those words. Those words have weight, and they have weight in your body. Is what yeah. you're saying.
1: Yeah. They, not, yeah. And then so do manifest and spirituality and. But we don't want to get caught saying those. Right. I, I do go up to anybody and say, hey, fuck you. And they laugh and go, hey, yeah, yeah, that's great. That's Bellspin. That's really cool. Then, you know, you go up and say, hey, you know, I want to manifest something for you. Right. I think you need to be a little bit more spiritual and get in touch with yourself. Mm. Get out of your own way. and." Become a happier person, and they look at you like you're fucking out of your mind. Right. They would much rather hear you say "fuck you."
0: And it's it's that the, the when you start an improv scene, the idea, and going back to the argument, the, the improv scene. So many people argue at the beginning of an improv scene because they want something to happen. Yeah. And they want, and they're like, "I'm going to create drama right now mm-hmm. because the calmness that comes, the calmness that I need in order to see something else come in and to be at peace with that, is 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 foreign."
1: Well, I don't mind that so much. Which What don't you mind? The, the anger, the starting a scene with anger. I'm
0: saying it's a choice. I don't mind it. I'm just saying that it's starting a scene with But go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, as a, as a teacher and uh, uh, as, as somebody who feels facilitates learning, anger is the most coveted emotion because we all experience that more than anything like you can be in a great mood mm-hmm. you get behind the wheel of a car and somebody cuts you off and you're like that motherfucker right he almost killed me that motherfucker almost hit me you know what well he didn't
0: right and you know what and didn't maybe happen maybe right maybe he
1: just fucking was didn't see you right. maybe his kid's going to the hospital right maybe there's just something more important than you and it's, it's all okay right and so i don't mind that because we covet anger as an improviser because it's a great learning tool. And then you get the argument from the students. Does everything have to be angry? He says, no. Once you get more proficient at this, then you can make something really happy, just as funny.
0: Right. Right. It's interesting because the... Well, it's interesting because of everything. But it's also to make that choice... To. To make the choice of, of going to anger, like to make that choice of going to anger at that moment, mm-hmm. is just as vital a choice as anything else, any other yeah, choice that you make.
1: It is, and you can become you can become an expert and an artist at that. At which? At becoming angry. Right. Or you know manifesting it in, in manifesting it in another way, which is through sheer joy and, and appreciation and love.
0: There's something about walking into a room full of people that have that attitude, that, who, who, who are, are engaged in what you just described, the, the, the love and just that the kind of peacefulness to walk into a room of people like that where you go, I can create anything here, I can do anything here. Mm-hmm. And we know what it's like to be at Second City and to go, okay, we're all here and I like working with every single one of these people. Mm-hmm. We also know what it's like to work at Second City and to go, okay, I'm here to work and every, I like everybody but that guy. And the that guy, because I'm deciding that that guy is hard to work with, mm-hmm. it taints everything.
1: Yeah. Well, what I've learned is, is it's your job to make that guy look good. Right. Because that's when you've achieved a proficiency level that is much higher than most.
0: Right. And you're also removing yourself from that being a problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There, there, there are no problems. I uh, want to see the Dalai Lama speak yet. At uh, USC, and he was talking about happiness. and He said, There are no problems, there are only solutions. And if there are no solutions, then why even thinking or worrying about the problem? So uh, that just, I love that. That just really turns me on. Right. So there are only solutions.
0: Right, right.
1: And that's really true with improv. There are only solutions. Uh,
0: The the creative part of it is to to engage in the solutions, is to say, This is thrust in front of me what's the solution or what's my response to that?
1: And I believe, what I teach and what I believe is the solution is always in Exploring and heightening talking to that person about that person, which is just another way of saying how do you feel right? And if you tell that person how you feel about what they just said or did or didn't say or do right? You are engaging in the solution
0: the idea of it being what they said or did or what they didn't say or do Mm -hmm. Is awesome yeah because what they didn't say or do is just as important as what they said or didn't didn't Say
1: somebody ignoring you is a great gift. It's that you can tell them how you feel about being ignored
0: Exactly. And, it's the, and, and when, when I do my collage work, it's really important for me to work with negative space. Because, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the thing that isn't said, the thing that isn't there. And the thing that isn't there is still a thing.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: a thing that isn't there.
1: That's great. I want to hear more about the collage work.
0: Well, that's this. That, oh, all those are my collages. Okay, I
1: thought it was like an improv exercise. No, no,
0: no, 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 no. This is, a, because I've, I've, lately I've been feeling like...
1: The creative source.
0: I've been uh, Yeah, lately I've been feeling like, okay, like you've got the tuba. Yeah. You know, oh, and to I have... Thing, right, again. you have the tuba and you've got your teaching and you've got your acting and you've got your improvisation and you've got the career and you're living large. Mm-hmm. And also just so that people know uh you and your wife Bev who lived here for how long before you moved 21 years you lived did you just live in the same apartment for 21 yes. years you lived in the same apartment for 21 years in midwaleshire mm-hmm. and then you you got cast in what was it
1: reanimator the musical I've been doing for three years
0: right and so you sold off everything you left your apartment you abandoned your apartment of yeah. 21 years and you guys are adults and you did what yeah.
1: we acted like 20 year old children uh, we the, I got a free ride to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and. And, and Bev met me over in Scotland, and, and we like you said, we got rid of everything and sold our cars. And, and then when the festival was over, she and I traveled around Scotland for a month, and then we went to Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I went to London to teach a couple of workshops, and I was so welcomed with open arms, and the improv community in the UK is just thriving. It's growing exponentially on a daily basis. And... Uh, some people who, uh, well, David Shore, I emailed him, and he introduced me to a guy named Jules Munns. Right. And uh, Steve Rowe I met there, and Gareth Mornan. And Jules Munns uh, uh, was probably responsible for keeping me there for a good part of five months. I was there for five months teaching workshops uh, on regular did you teach? basis. Uh,
0: what's regular basis? I taught,
1: I taught workshops, about, uh, uh, one-off workshops about every other week for... Uh, three months, and then took a little break for the holidays, and then I taught three six-week uh, seminars uh, at simultaneously. So uh-huh. I was teaching 18 workshops and, uh, in six or eight weeks, and then I had to leave the country. So right, because right. you up. killed somebody. Because, I, well, I killed a lot of people. You a killed a lot, lot of people. people. A lot of people died on stage. Uh-huh. But I definitely yeah, I would love there. to... Uh, go back to the UK because uh, I was offered an agent and some work I couldn't do because I didn't have papers So I'd like to establish myself in movies and television there but more importantly for this podcast is there is no theater dedicated to improvisation or sketch comedy anywhere in the UK (laughs) there's no IO, there's no annoyance, there's no UCB, there's no Second City, there's no Groundlings, there's nothing like it. There's stand-up clubs and there's the West End which is full of theater and a lot of improvs being done, but it's all just like we started I.O. It's all in the back rooms and pubs. Right. And they're in desperate need of a theater dedicated to the Well, they're hungry. The they're not...
0: But, you know, it's that, it's that uh, like, you come and then that inspires you so much Right. to get that energy that's going on there, too. Well, they need a center.
1: You know, Second City was the center from 1959, you know. Before then was the Compass Players and, we all you know, the committee. We all know the history of all that stuff. Um, maybe you don't, but look into it if you don't. And uh, you know, and and the genesis of comedy goes back Monty Python and Beyond the Fringe. Right. You know, around the same time Second City started, so they've had it in the UK for years, and they're probably one of the meccas of comedy. Absolutely. Many, you know, um, uh, Faulty Towers and Monty.
0: Well, Python you also look at look like at people like Peter Sellers yes, that came yes, out of there, yes. and uh, Dudley Moore, and yep. like. Uh, Peter, Cook. Peter Cook and Dudley Moore like those guys there and certainly the Monty Python guys and and beyond and the fringe and all that yeah. and like all that stuff over there yeah. and it's so inspiring to me because I I have to say and um, I don't know if I've ever admitted it on this podcast but uh, Monty Python used to be on it Sunday my brother and I, I remember just laughing and fucking punching each other like with laughter <laughs> on the couch watching it and then that would end, and then SCTV would yeah, come, come on, on right in the after. Day. its like three a.m. Exactly, on, right? Yeah. And I would, and I remember it was not fair because I would watch SCTV after Monty Python, and it just didn't do it for me. It just did not do it for me.
1: Yeah, really. Well, I, I just, I, I worship those guys. It was just, you know, I would see. Any one of those guys in, in like a, a guest star on a TV show or something hey that guy's in Second City or right. you know, George Went before I met him was was on Cheers and I'm like, that guy was in Second City, or Danny Breen was on uh, not necessarily the news on HBO. Right, right. And I I'm forgot like, about that. that. Guy's the, and and the cool thing about our history, Dave Brzezowski and Mark Belsman's history is we not only went through this and learned from those people before we met them, but then we went to Second City. And our heroes became our friends, right? Which is like the amazing part of this business. Which is like all of my heroes, or most of them, are now my friends, or I've met them, or worked with them. And what does
0: that what does that say about what we do? What does that say well, about what we do? Well,
1: I guess it goes back to creative source energy. We get to we've created the fact that uh, Bill Murray was somebody that I revered. John Candy was somebody that I worshipped and all these guys and I got to work with them. I get to work with them. Right. I continue to strive to be able to work with them if they're alive, of course. (laughs) Right,
0: right. But it also and it also says they're human beings and what they went through, what I go through, what I'm going through, what I went through, they went through, Mm -hmm. and they're people, and so there's not so there's a demystification of oh I can't do that because that's for somebody else to do.
1: I love watching, you know, Bio pictures, uh, biopics, whatever you want. Or, you know, it's like they just had one with Alfred Hitchcock, and you know, he had to put up his own fucking money to make Psycho. Could you imagine? Right. Telling Alfred Hitchcock no for the most, you know, historical piece of film that he ever made, <laughs> right. and they're going no. And then I, I used to take an acting class uh, with a couple of John Wayne's kids, and they, you know, I've seen. Biographies about him, where he was always worried he was never going to work again.
0: Right, they're, they're human beings. They're human
1: beings. They all right. have the same issues, and they have money worries, and and there, I could tell you other stories uh, that I've gathered in my you know brain over the years about this stuff, but they're all just they're all just
0: people. They're all just people, and I think that once you demystify it in yeah. a way, it says if they're all just people and I'm people, then their success. Well, first off, their success is my success because we're all being successful. I know I don't reap the benefits of whatever Picasso did, but the fact that Picasso was him and was pushing through and being creative without anybody stopping him Mm -hmm. says to me, that's my voice. That's my voice, too. That's my voice. And the, the trail that he blazed, I get to walk down that trail.
1: Yeah. You can follow in those footsteps at any, at any given moment of any given day, you, you get to do that stuff. The only danger is, and you know, my good friend uh, Dave Pasquasey once said uh, about Dell, uh, if, if you if you make a friend of a hero, you lose a hero. So there's always that risk of sometimes, when you get to know people, you know, uh, sometimes it, it demystifies their, who, who the pedestal that you put them on is right. all of a sudden gone, and they're just there are human beings who could be annoying who can be a little bit but I bit love that off. though. I but really I do
0: too. I, I love I, that. Yeah. And to to look at to go to uh, to go to Del's apartment and to mm-hmm. go, "Oh Jesus Christ." <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Oh Jesus Christ. Well,
1: that was kind of really fun. Del's apartment was like
0: Oh my god, it was horrible. Museum.
1: It was like, well, it was like it was like going to the history museum. It was like that. Was full of cobwebs. Right, but it was also
0: full of dishes and dirty underpants. Well,
1: and the cat dish <laughs> food dish that was surrounded by rat traps. Right. You know. Oh, how and horrible! The, the little mattress on the floor with the black and white TV and a shoebox full of pot seeds. Yep. And you just sit oh, there right, and, a shoebox full of pot you seeds. You just sit there and talk to him while he clean out his seeds and roll a joint. Right, and, uh, but yes, it was great.
0: But there's also something wonderful about hanging out with somebody like that and going, okay, this is how they live their life. And, uh, like, uh, how does he cook? And what does he, what does he eat? And how does he, like, it, it's it, mm-hmm. it's a wonderful microscope to look through. Yeah. When I have somebody sitting in the chair that you're in right there and I'm able to look at them on this sort of a level and to go, this, you know, you're holding on to that. You've got that thing that you're holding on to right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, a uh, piece of plastic and to to... To be present in the moment with that person in that moment. Mm-hmm. I just had, a, I just had a, a lunch with Pat Grosso. Do you know Pat Grosso? I hate
1: that motherfucker. <laughs> See, there's, there's that funny name. You know, I, I know. Yeah, Pat's a great guy. Pat's a great
0: guy. Really and like he and that. I have not spoken in, yeah. I don't know, I don't know. since. He's still
1: running commercial sessions? No, so he's not. No?
0: And we sat and he had this idea for, for he had an idea for a, for his, uh, yeah. for a, a show that he wanted to do, a TV right, show.
1: And you're setting me up to do his Right, show.
0: this is what I'm doing right now. Okay. But I'm looking at him and, and I haven't spoken with Pat in so long. And, and to watch Pat get so excited about this thing and for me to tell him, calm down, uh-huh. bring it all down, bring it all down. I see what you're doing right now. Yeah. And to be at, to help somebody be at peace. Yeah. Because he's just so excited about this idea, I'm going, bring it down, just bring it down. Because he's been through some tough shit too. Yeah. And we talked about Rick Borelli, you know, a yeah. guy that we may all know rest that in peace. Yeah. may rest in peace. And, and to go, the demons that we all are fighting. Yeah. And I said, I don't have any demons.
1: No, I don't have any demons. I just, I just love what I do. Look. <laughs> You know, and we, you and I both teach this stuff so much, and that's the gift of being in our positions is we're well-respected enough that we can just about go anywhere in the world and teach, and what we teach is what we need to learn, and so we get to constantly remind ourselves what it is that we need to be learning, Right. and, and what I've, one of the things that I've learned through this is there are only two things in life, and that's it, you know, it's sort of like the, the city slickers things, you know, there's only that one thing. There's only two things I believe in. And it doesn't matter whether you're homeless or you have a billion dollars. And those two things are going to bed content with what you accomplished that day. Right. And waking up the next day excited about what you're going to do. And that is it. That's it. It doesn't matter how much money you have or how many movies you've done or what you're going to accomplish. It just matters that you are excited about accomplishing it. Right. It. That's all there is. Right. That's what makes uh, life so much fun.
0: I, I when, when I you, go to bed at night, this is what, like, usually what happens is I'll go to bed at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. hmm Because, and this is the way I look at it, because, like, because there's still Internet. I haven't finished the Internet yet. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then I wake go up in the morning go going, oh, my God, I there's coffee that I set up the night before that's in the kitchen right now. And... And the, the dishes are out of the, you know, the, like everything is clear and clean and everything that I want is here. And I think that that's the most important thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Everything that I have, I want. Yeah. And if you said, what is it that you want right now? I've I really got to think about that. Yeah.
1: Well, I want an apartment and two cars right now. That's, right. That's
0: all I want right, right. But that's, you know, living your life, but that, that is also part of the journey that you started when you sold your place.
1: Yeah. Well, it was time to move on, and it was just time for change, and, and here's another thing. But it was thing. a
0: bold, cor- it was a really courageous thing. Thank you. And it was a really brave thing, Thank and you, you couldn't have done it without your partner. Yeah. And you have a partner that says, let's do that. Let's fucking do that. You surround yourself yeah. with those people that that help you do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I'm very fortunate in, in that. In, in that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool stuff. I forgot what I was going to say. That it
0: doesn't going? matter. It's, it's ADD not. comedy. We get to fucking ADD. go all over the place. Wow. You know, that's one of the reasons that you name it something, that you get to have it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but oh, oh 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 oh, so we were talking about you uh, selling all of your stuff, and and I was saying that that's the like right now what you're experiencing mm-hmm. the need for two cars and a place to live yeah. is part of the the decision journey. that you're making. Yeah, that's just. But I'm, I'm the trying journey. to kickstart your your oh, your, your, your mean, rememberer. I'm
1: not even back there. All right, good.
0: All right, yeah. All right. The idea of getting rid of anything because I look at what you're doing. Do you know EJ Scott?
1: Yeah, sure.
0: So yesterday I interviewed E.J. Scott. I know, Scott. you know. I know, right. <laughs> Sometimes, you know. So uh, E.J. Scott is going blind. Yeah. And he decided, how can I... He wanted to lose weight, and uh-huh. he said, how can I lose weight, and what's, how can I incentivize my losing weight? And then he made his, run, his, made his marathons yeah. about the, the, disease uh, the disease he has. And... The surprises that have come because of him making those decisions and how his life has changed because he 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 made that choice. Yeah. And he said, This is what I'm going to be doing. And you and Bev going, we're gonna do this, we're gonna move. And it's gonna be there are gonna be right. times where it's gonna be challenging.
1: Well that, that that now I remember what I was gonna say before. It's it's you you can call it challenging if you want. The thing about that is that you once you get comfortable with something you get bored with that and... Complacent. Complacent. Mm-hmm. And growth only takes place out of your comfort zone. Uh-huh. And that's our job, again, as facilitators and teachers, is to get people out of their comfort zone because that's where growth takes place. So we get into a room and we get people really uncomfortable. <laughs> but if you're way out of your comfort zone and you're still smiling, that's where huge growth takes place and that's where you and my success lies. Right is we are able to facilitate people getting so far out of their comfort zones, still smiling, having a really good time doing it, challenging themselves, which challenges us, And then we're all growing. Right. We're all evolving. We're
0: all of it. The teacher, the room, and the teacher, the students. But here's another thing. The teacher, the students, the teacher's friends, the teacher's family, the students, the students' friends, the students' family. Mm -hmm. Because they don't just leave that shit in the room. They take it out and they experience that thing outside of that.
1: Yeah. It's called transformation.
0: Exactly. We can
1: transform. Through other people, we transform the world or little part of the world that we touch
0: certainly but that's all that, that I, I mean, I'm i just responsible for with, with that which is in front of me I think or adjacent to me or whatever next to me but I also look at I, I look at the people that are that take our classes and I watch them struggle because you and I aren't doing stuff I think if I'm, I'm not mistaken I, I feel like I'm not doing your typical improv class I think I'm doing something more than that yeah and and, and people are going to go, oh, I just don't get it. I just you know What you're doing is so different. It's like, all right, all that I'm asking you to do is to be. That's all I'm asking you to do. It's like it. right now, to be here with me right now. And to be here with me right now, you need to be here with you right now. And for you to be here with you right now, you've got to just be with you right now. Yeah. Not your demons, not your money problems, not your love problems, not your successes. Just be here with me right now.
1: Yeah, and and make other people uh, more important than you. Absolutely. And then replace thinking with listening and acting as reacting. And uh, was it... Uh, um, just uh, died... Uh, what was Bernie Saunders? No, well Bernie, oh God, we should talk about Bernie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bernie. Without, without Bernie Salins, there's no us. No, there is no us. There's no there us, is no us. and it's just Dave and Mark. It's, <laughs> it's, there's a huge no us. Right,
0: and I think that a lot of people don't realize that so loss grateful. that just happened, and it's okay.
1: And Joyce and Bernie were like, oh my God.
0: Right? But then you also get someone like Sheldon, and mm. Sheldon Patinkin. you get that. And, and I, I I feel like I've had a, uh, a challenging relationship with Sheldon. I know I have. I know I have. Um... But I've learned so much from Sheldon. I've learned so much from Bernie. I've learned so much yeah. from Joyce, and then and then I look at all the other people that were around that that time too. That would come in like Cheryl uh, Sloan. I
1: right? She has she's been so influential to so many people. The podcast I did and with Cheryl was so yeah, beautiful. I to that one, and she doesn't get credit for it, and she's really part of that experience.
0: Absolutely, part of
1: that community. Is, right,
0: is, and and, is and so they're valuable. and I think that, that a huge thing is we don't know. How valuable we are, and so when I look, at, we don't, we don't know, we don't. When I think about Borelli, committing suicide, Rick Borelli committing suicide in his apartment in Hollywood, and no one having come to him for a couple of days.
1: Uh, I didn't and know it, the details of
0: that. And, well, I didn't, you know, I. They're, 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 the family didn't want a lot of those details coming out, but. There they are. But there they are now. But I had to go digging for those sort of things. And other people had to dig for those sort of things. Like The life that isn't looked at is the life that I think... The, the life that isn't looked at is, is the life that is lost. And for him, for Rick not to see... And it's okay because obviously he had mental issues that he couldn't deal with. Mm-hmm. But I want people to know how much they inspire me. Because I... And I don't want them to say... Thank you, or I, I, if they say thank you, that's great. Mm-hmm. I just need for you to hear it. Mm-hmm. And if you've done something great for me, I just need for you to fucking hear it. I also need to say it. Because when I say it, it's that feeling that you're talking about. Because when you, when, you, when you live in that gratefulness, it's, the same, it's, it's a feeling just like when you're living in the anger. It's another feeling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, well it's, it's feel, it feels better, but yes, it's definitely just feelings. Right. Nothing more than...
0: Who were you talking feelings. about when you said that they just died? Who was that? It wasn't Bernie, but who else was it?
1: Oh, um, no, it was just a quote that he said. It was, uh, who was Charles person? Charles Durning. Uh-huh. And they, they asked, somebody asked him what acting was. He said, acting is listening. If you're not listening, I don't know who is, and that's all I know. Oh. That was cool, his right? <laughs> quote. Oh, God, this is
0: brilliant. It really, really is. Yeah, and that guy traumatic. had an amazing life, too. I mean, I don't know, did really? you know that he was, he was a prisoner of war? He was injured in the war, and he never, ever talked about it.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And you look at people, and we go back to the guy cutting you off in traffic. You don't know what he's going through right now. No. Nope. You have no idea what he's going through right now.
1: No. And I, you know, that stuff. I used to be such a road rage guy, and you know, it went away with all of this, uh, this choice, lifestyle choice of being creative source energy. You know, you know, for me, it started with doing the landmark education seminars in the forum, and and then forming a mastermind group and talking about it, and reading these books uh, in the group. We'd all read together, uh, Jack Canfield's Success Principles, and, uh-huh. and the and the. Uh, Asking It Is Given by Esther and Jerry Hicks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's just great stuff, you know. It's all that one's all about law of attraction. I just, I just love that stuff. Me too. It gives you such. A, you just, I just, just like what happened to you just now. Just, me too, and you just start smiling. <laughs> you can't help it. It's just like the greatest drug. I mean, improvisation is a great drug. I'm so addicted to improvisation. I can't get enough of it. At fifty two years old, I'm just like you know any chance i get to teach it or play it or improvise the tuba you know it's all it's all the same it's muscle and it's all the same part of your brain it's just and it's so much fun
0: it's you you say you call it creative source energy
1: yeah that's one of the things from asking and just giving it. Uh-huh. Yeah. it's creative source energy and that's what law of attraction is about right put it out to the universe we talked about it earlier with the whole um, you know, putting mixed messages out about money or going to Africa and that's that conversation we had a little while ago. Right. Right, right, right,
0: right. right, right uh, and right, it's right.
1: all f- based, you know, on, on all of that stuff, you know, just that journey that we go on where, you know, we finally come to a point in life that you're just so angry and you're so blaming circumstances, situations, right. agents, directors, right. you're jealous of other people and their success <sighs> and it's just like... Oh. Uh, that is such a difficult way to live. It's like the same concept, and people, I don't think, really understand this, that it takes a lot more energy to be late than it does to be on time.
0: Hold on it, a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. It takes a lot more energy to be late than it does to be on time. Yeah. I, I think I know what you're talking about. Keep talking.
1: Yeah. It, it, that it When you're late, you're it just... Burning so much energy, you're in a hurry. You're in the car. There's traffic. You can't control the red light. Then the you're stressing out, and you're using that F word we talked about right. over and over. And you're right, right. and then you finally get there. And you're like, Phew, I'm sorry, I'm late. And then the apologies take so much energy. <laughs> Instead of leaving a half an hour earlier, which you were probably doing nothing anyway. <laughs> Or certainly something not important enough to put you through that. And you get there 15, 20 minutes early, right. and you sit outside and wait to go in because you're just early and you're just so relaxed.
0: But you're not, but and another thing is, like, you're not sitting there and waiting for your appointment. You're sitting and being. Yeah. You're not waiting, being. you're being.
1: That's what I don't understand all these people who are late to class. Right. I've never been fucking late to a class. It's like. You know, I, I practice what I preach, and it's important for us to walk the walk, right. not just talk the talk. Right. And so it's just like get there. I always get there early, this so is, I, I am ready to you know do my job, which is teach and not de-stress from where I just came oh from. Oh my in God! Order to get there right,
0: and that de-stressing takes. That's the that's 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 all part of that energy that you're bringing yeah. in. Yeah. I have. I bought. And um, I think I mentioned this before. I bought uh, a reduced. It was reduced, it was on sale, the Admiral's Club for American Airlines. Mm -hmm. It's something like $450 a year. And this is one of the reasons I bought it. So that I could go to the airport early Mm -hmm. and sit and be Mm -hmm. and have free cocktails and have snacks and free, you know, it's not free, obviously I paid for it, but there's something calming about being. Just, just, it, it's you don't just, have to put
1: everything after that word, being. That's right, what we teach. Right. There's something coming about being.
0: And I'm looking, and I've met so many great people in those places, mm-hmm. and it's this respite of quietness. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, thinking, because you know, when, when somebody says, hey, um, oh, you're going to the airport? Yeah, can I go with you? And I'm thinking, really? Because you're going to make me late. And I will not. And I'm going to be at the airport two hours ahead of time. Uh And if I'm going to wait for you, because I want you to know right now, I'm going to be at the airport two hours ahead of you. Don't fucking make me wait, because I don't like rushing at the airport because there are so many (laughs) factors that I'm not in charge of that I that I need to deal with that I don't want to have to deal with.
1: Well, you are in
0: charge of it, and you I, can deal seven. with
1: it in a different way. Right, which is just.
0: But I can if I can avoid all of that. Right.
1: No, I'm with you. One hundred percent. Yeah. I'm with you. It's like just life, the way we approach it is like I said. We're you know not just talking the talk, and that's I think a really important part of what we do.
0: It also makes me feel good about me. Yeah. I'm not letting in, I'm not letting anybody down. Um, I'm also. It shows me that it shows everybody. Like, i David's excited to be here.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm excited to be here. I am excited to see you. Right now, we're seeing you. Let's talk about it. And I'm going to tell you another thing. At, if the class ends at one o'clock, I will talk to you till one fifteen, and then I get to have my own life. Yeah. I hate to say it in that way. I don't mean anything by it. God bless. If you want to meet me later,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I will meet with you later. Yeah. But let's set it up.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, don't know. I don't mind that part of it either. It's, you know, people want to hang out. I don't have mm-hmm. time to hang out with them. But,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but uh, you know, it's, it's just keeping a, a certain order of things, but then being really uh, flexible about which comes first, you know. What do you mean? You, you or the, you, you prioritize. Right. You know, and for us, the priority is making sure that we're in the right frame of mind to accomplish what we need to accomplish, right. Rather than accomplishing something else at the same time or multitasking and taking yourself away. That, like neither yeah. of us are sitting on a cell phone texting right now, right. While yeah. we're doing this interview, right? Neither of us would do that to each other, right? I bet. Have you had any uh, ADD comedy interviews where people?
0: I've had people sitting pot? in that chair, uh, uh, fiddling with pot. Mm-hmm. You know, like working there, working the pipe. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, that's not too bad.
0: No, it's not too bad, but it, it does take us away from having this conversation. Yeah. Because anything that uh, anything that takes us away from this conversation, anything that takes you away from the now, right. takes you away from this connection that do we you, have. Do you have any pot? Um, <laughs> <I, laughs> I'm no. going. Wait, do I? Hold I on, do I? <laughs> but it was. It's, but it is that thing of the of the multitasking and not knowing that while you're dro- when you're driving, you're driving. Yeah. And when I'm reading, I'm reading.
1: Well, it's funny, but we all multitask every day. We do. It's just we don't think in that context. Like, you can be, you know, reading a magazine and a cookbook and getting ingredients out of the fridge and talking on the phone while feeding the cat. Right. And you don't think twice about any of that stuff. No. But you get a student on stage and ask them to listen, and they tense up so fucking hard. They cannot hear a goddamn thing other than the voice of their head going, I'm supposed to be listening. So listening. Oh, my okay. God, right? Stop doing it. Stop doing it. It's okay. Stop <laughs> doing everything else.
0: Don't do it. I'm not listening right. I'm not listening right.
1: right. right. Oh, i got to listen better. Oh, how should I be listening? Right. What do you mean by
0: listening? It's like, no. And they say, Just, I'm trying to listen. It's like, no, no. what you're engaging in is talking thinking. about. Li- you're engaging in talking about listening mm-hmm. does not mean that you're listening. You
1: are thinking.
0: There's, uh, right. You
1: know, it doesn't matter right. what it is. Right.
0: And it's okay if you're thinking. Yeah. As long as you're cognizant of knowing that you're thinking. Right. Because it's a mindlessness. Well,
1: you've got to learn the difference between thinking and listening.
0: You have to learn the difference between thinking and listening. Absolutely. Yeah. And to know that both of those are choices of what you're engaging in. Well, I'm engaging. I am, I'm deciding to engage in thinking.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm deciding to engage in listening. Like right now, I'm looking at this device that records us. Which I didn't have to do before, and I've got to figure out how to have our conversation, look over at the recorder, and still be cognizant of what you're doing. So, so I'm not used to that because normally we are historically we'd have a sound engineer here. But even me looking at the time and looking at the at the gauges here that takes me away for a minute. But. In my taking, I'm cognizant that it's taking me away for a minute, so I know that if I look at the gauges, I still have to listen to what you're saying at the same time, light upon it, and come back to you.
1: Huh? What? I didn't hear anything you said. Right?
0: Right? It's that, it's what happens when it's the same thing. like I remember coming out here and, and going, oh, traffic is really bad, traffic is bad. Okay, fine. So what i got to do is I'm to listen to the traffic reports. So this is how so I go, listen to traffic, David, okay, just, okay, the traffic's going to, okay, fine, weather on the nines in traffic. So I'd listen. And it'd be, this is all, and I would be so concerned about listening mm. because it keeps saying, listen, 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 listen. That as it's going on, it's going, and there's a backup on the <laughs>
1: I remember the first day you came out here with your ex-wife and we met at Sloan's. It was on your birthday. Oh, and Jesus you Christ. got pulled over and you got a ticket for drunk driving on I the got way a DUI. Your birthday. I
0: did. I got a DUI. I got a, you that were one like the one that suggested first... Sloan's. Mm-hmm. Sloan's was the second place we went to yeah, and that DUI was an awesome experience There was a fucking story in that DUI too. Gift. It, it, it One of those things and and I got the DUI before the DUI laws changed uh-huh. Which is what they are right now because we have a friend that got in that big car accident motorcycle accident hit a motorcyclist and had uh, to do morgue yes. more time, right? Yeah, right. We know somebody that had to do that. I mean granted yeah. I didn't injure anybody but no, that's no, no. the new, that's the new, new.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: It's crazy. It's crazy how long we've been out here. That's crazy. What's crazy is I'll look back on something and I'll think, did I, did I do that? Was I there? Did I do that? How do I know this person? Mm-hmm. Today I had somebody come up to me and go, hey, Dave, it's Spencer. I'm going, Spencer, how are mm-hmm. you? Because I kept looking him thinking, he looks familiar to me. But I don't, Mark, we meet so many people. Well, it's
1: great. I mean, there's a lot of people who know me that I don't, I, don't, I don't know where I know them from anymore. And Sometimes you don't know whether you know them, whether you taught them in a class, whether you worked with them on a set, or you just saw them on TV. I
0: know. I was on Larchmont, and I was like, that's that's my friend. I, I know that guy. Mm-hmm. I, that's my friend. And I came up to him, and I was like, how's it going? And he looked at me like, fine. I was like, I haven't seen you in a while. what you been up to? He goes, nothing. Everything's fine. I'm going, great. And as I'm doing that, I'm thinking, Oh, no, 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 no. I don't know him. He's the beer guy from the Budweiser commercial. The, hey, buddy. He's the hey, buddy on the beer commercial. And I'm like, I don't know him. I'm like, okay. I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here. Oh, no, 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 no. Right. I I think I've told this story before. Uh, I went to a party at Tamara's and a guy comes up to me and he says... uh, what's going on? I said, oh, nothing much. I'm thinking, how do I know? He goes, um, how's Katie? I'm like, fuck, he knows Katie's name. He knows my ex-boyfriend's name. And I was married at the time. And I look at his finger and he's got a ring on his finger. I was like, how's your wife? He's like, great, great. Um, haven't seen him since Nia's party. And I said, oh, right. I know him from Nia's party. Nia and Ian had a party. He was at the party. It was a New Year's party. Great. And I said, what's going on? And he said, um, I'm, uh, this is more about a story about me not knowing people. Um, I'm doing, um, and the Groundlings asked me to to play with them, and I'm thinking. And I said, and he said, the Groundlings asked me to play with them, and I'm nervous. And I was like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I think he has a TV show. And I said, but you're on TV. Mm-hmm. And he says, yeah, it's different. And I said, yeah, yeah, it's different. Um, uh, what? I said, oh, what show are you on? And he said, Will and Grace. I went, oh right, 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 right. What part do you play? Sean Hayes. No. Oh. Eric McCormick. Uh.
1: It's
0: like I play Will. I'm like, oh fuck. Oh. Because I just don't know people. There's some you know, I just know him. He's <laughs> how many how many uh, how many Emmys? Emmys? Right? Yeah, That's Emmys, Emmys. How many Emmys was he nominated for? Yeah. And I just don't know those people. I don't But he knows you.
1: That's more important.
0: <laughs> Is, it? Is it? Is it Is it? I don't know. I don't know. And out here people go, oh you really fucked up an opportunity, but it's like, no, my opportunities are gonna be my opportunities.
1: Yeah, you can't really fuck up an opportunity unless you punch somebody who offers you a job in the face. <laughs> That's fucking up, and up. Or you punch
0: somebody in the face who offers you a job. Yeah. Right. Didn't they say that? Something you said uh, unless I punch somebody who offers me a job in the face. Yeah,
1: something like. Something
0: that. like that. It was something like that. Um, no, but I've I've discovered that the the well, you know, you've had you've done more TV than I've done, mm-hmm. a lot, and to go like all the craziness, all the all the the dancing that you have to do for that. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed every second of it, not at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Not you know. so Because what, what happened at the time?
1: Well, it's, it's something that I learned uh, probably about uh, maybe 10 or years ago is I was looking at my life uh, quite a while ago, even more than 10 years ago, and I said, like, oh, you know, in high school I was really miserable, and then I got in my 20s, and I look back and go, oh, that was some of the best years of my life. And then in my 20s I was in Second City, and I was really miserable the whole time because all... You know, I wasn't miserable per se, but all I did was bitch. All I did was bitch about shit. What'd you
0: bitch? What'd you bitch about? What'd you bitch about? Oh, at
1: Second City. Oh, just you know that I'm not on main stage. You know, you
0: had had expectations that weren't being met.
1: Expectations, right? Right. You know, for whatever reasons, you know, whatever circumstances. Uh, uh, there's a million of them, you know. It was the whole Farley thing and what was the oh and, Farley and getting? Dell put him up there and then right. Joyce was good, go talk Dell into that and Dell was really pissed and and then on Dell's deathbed he told me my life was a story of the tortoise and the hare. You win. You're the tortoise. You're still alive and we're all dead, which freaked me out for a long time. But then, um, so then uh, I get, get in my thirties and I look back at all the years at Second City in my twenties. I'm like, oh, those are the greatest years of my life. And then thirty in my thirties is when I did most of my movies and television, and. You know, all I was like, do was bitch about it because I wasn't making you know, $8 million a picture and I don't have a house in the Hollywood Hills and I, I can't take a couple weeks off to go travel through Europe. And, and then, you know, you get in your 40s and you look back in your 30s and you well, those
0: were some of the greatest years of my life. <laughs> and so you you're,
1: finally, behind your,
0: you're behind your own curve.
1: Well, you finally learn that you need to enjoy where you're at while you're there. And that's the magic of this conversation and right. what we're doing and us reconnecting and right. this podcast and your and I relationship and right. all this stuff. It's just really enjoying where we're at while we're there. We're
0: enjoying enjoying where, where I wanna wait, I wanna I wanna say that in the clear. Enjoying where we're at while we're there.
1: Very important. I really
0: need for that to be in the clear. Enjoying where we're at while we're while there. While
1: you're there. Right. Enjoy it. Be in the moment. Right. Be present. We keep talking about being. Right. That's part of it. That's right. It's part of life. It's That's part of walking the walk and not just talking the talk. Right. That's the magic of teaching it and reminding yourself over and over and over again. You just need to enjoy that moment.
0: This moment. This
1: moment. Right. In the now.
0: Right. And whoever's listening to this right now gets to practice that right now because we're reminding them of yes, that. Yes.
1: Absolutely.
0: And that's all the... That I think what you and I do and what a lot of other teachers do is we're here... I'm not here to teach. I'm here to remind. I'm here. I'm here to
1: learn, but but I'm, I'm here to teach. I'm here to learn. I
0: get that like too, but i but, but but everything that the things that I teach yeah. is just like you know all this stuff already. We all know all this stuff already. Yes, and just to remind you that at one point you you didn't know this, and now you know this. At well,
1: one, you have a different understanding of it now. Clearly, a much clearer
0: understanding. Right, of what because, because there's not the words mean. Right the noise that you had that was you worrying about every are you ever going to get laid and is your skin going to yeah. clear up and uh, you know and and are you going to make money like all those sounds go away right because we say i'm not going to engage in listening to those voices well
1: and and back in those days all those decades the 20s my 30s my 40s you know we're really good at pointing out other people's issues and other people's <laughs> problems and telling right. them how to fix it and what they should be doing and and now, and this is again something that I, that I like to teach and, and learn myself over and over again, is figure out what you're doing right and do more of it, right. rather than figuring out what you're doing wrong and trying to change and fix it. Now, sometimes you have to identify what you're doing wrong in order to figure out what you're doing right so that you can do more of it. But you need to figure out what you're doing right and do more of it, and then there won't be room for stuff that you're doing wrong. Right,
0: totally agree.
1: And that's what's really, really energizing and enjoying... Uh, life in its moment to moment every day is figuring out what you're doing right and do more of it because that's what makes you smile. Exactly. How do you know what's what's right and what's wrong? One makes you smile and one
0: doesn't. <laughs> well, it's that it's that, that uh, Janis Joplin song. You know you got it if it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. And it's that feeling like, oh yeah, yeah. And I, I love that idea of the idea of, of, of do more of what you're doing right. Because mm-hmm. it's also the idea of um, I can't teach you a don't, but I can teach you a do. Yeah. So it's the yeah. difference between somebody saying, and I think I mentioned this in the podcast before the note of get out of your head. Shitty note. Yeah. Cause you're telling me what not to do. I already know what not to do. Right. But if you say get out of your head and get into your heart, then it's like, that's the fucking direction. Yeah, that's the thing because it's like get into your heart, or stay in your heart, or be aware that you are in your heart. Yeah, I like that
1: because I just talk about feelings, which is just saying the exact same thing. Right. It's just how do you feel? Right. Which is the same thing as saying be in your heart. Right. That that's a good one.
0: Yeah. How do you feel? And and people go well, you know, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. It's like yeah,
1: they don't get no no. They mistake it for. Uh, an interpretation of a feeling instead of actually feeling.
0: Right, instead right.
1: Instead of being in your heart. As you they're say.
0: judging the feeling as opposed to feeling, just yeah. accepting, engaging in the feeling. Right. And if I am angry, mm-hmm. I get to be angry because it's going to go away. If I have anger, it's going to go away.
1: Well, and that's what makes comedy so funny. is the truth. I mean, you know, the Dell uh, Charna and Tim Howard Johnson wrote the book "Truth and Comedy." Right. And it makes more sense to me now more than ever, is just being truthful and honest. If you talk to TJ and Dave about improvisation.
0: TJ Jagodowski and Dave, Pass crazy. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I
1: was with them in New York a few, few months ago, and Dave and I were talking about this. It's just an honest response. Right. Responding as openly and honestly as you can and truthful right. about any kind of situation you're in is what improv- improvisation uh, at the.
0: Proficiency level that they're doing it is all about absolutely and here's another thing about that the truth that you Have the honesty that you have you have it. You don't have to work it. You don't have to no. figure it out You yeah. already own it you have it and yeah. so as long as you own it and have it Do that because your brain is a liar and an asshole. And it's gonna to want to fucking throw you off
1: <laughs> Your brain is a liar and an asshole
0: right And it's it's the housing for your ego. So it's that little motherfucking voice in your head that goes, don't do that, do this. And I tell my students, like, stop weighing shit out. Stop weighing it out. It's good enough, it's bad enough. Feel the feeling and and engage with the feeling that you're feeling.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we should, I would love to teach a workshop together sometime, that would be really fun. I'll do that.
0: Who was I just talking to that was talking to you? Oh, uh, I was in the Joe Bill's, uh, Joe Bill. Um, And he was talking and he brought you and Tom Booker up and... You know, the, the work that you guys the, did in that Austin? That show
1: that Tom Booker, Joe Bill, and, and I did in Austin, Texas at Tom Booker's Theater, the Institution Theater.
0: Tom and Asaf's was, Theater.
1: Was, uh, yeah, Asaf's. Uh, that was one of the most fun sets I've, I've done.
0: Because you're dealing with people that are so in the moment. It,
1: it was just three guys, and it was at midnight, and it was just, it was just, talk about being in the moment right There was three guys just being in the moment who have a long history together and we're not you know we don't talk to each other every day right it's not like we're best friends right i consider them a couple of my best friends right but we're not best friends right and you just you get in that just like this conversation it's just like being in the
0: moment and, right and talking
1: you don't have to bring anything else.
0: No, because, and everybody would go, like, Why is Mark bringing that? Yeah. You know, that's not, he you don't have to bring that. It's me, yeah. baby. Yeah. It's me. And yeah. I'm accepting you for who you are. Maybe we should, I, I would
1: like to, as an experiment, like to um, do a transcript of this uh, podcast. <laughs> and then we broke the characters and gave this <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <complications> about feelings. <laughs> <laughs> And about the way of being and be, figure out what you're doing more of. Right. And you don't think that's what you're
0: doing. Like, all of that. Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Don't do that. Stop doing that.
1: <laughs> Which is funny. Right. And it can be brilliant and done in the right context. Exactly. Right. But you don't need
0: it. No, you necessary. don't need it. And, and it. and those people that I love, like you look at TJ and Dave and you and, and Joe Bill and, and Tom Booker and all those people I'm thinking when... When, if uh-huh. you if you're gonna play a character, I'm going. Why are you doing that? Mm. I mean, the character that you're playing is where what I need in this moment. But if you suddenly like have come in with a hunchback or Oh, boy, we're gonna be over the time? need to see Like, like, did you do? Why are you doing that? I don't know what to do with you right now. <laughs> you know? <coughs> I know what to do is I
1: call them out on their shit. Exactly,
0: because that's the truth in that moment, and people yeah. go, "What if?" And I, you probably have a lot of students who do this, this was too. one of the
1: funniest <laughs> parts of that show with Tom Booker and Joe Bill was. There was one scene uh, late in the set where we were talking literally on stage about all of Tom Booker's ex relationships and all the people you know Ricky Lake right and uh, there was uh, there was Jackie Hoffman there right was, like you know a lot of people that he had dated right and y'all it was and just everybody hilarious. knew hilarious. It. right
0: right it was so. But the truth right there. Yeah, it was true. But hopefully, it didn't get so meta that the audience didn't feel part of it.
1: Oh no, they were just totally enthralled.
0: Joe Bill was talking about Joe was talking about uh, how in that scene you guys didn't know what hyperbole meant. No,
1: I (laughs) I didn't. I said I didn't know what it meant. Uh, Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and he was just being hyper-hyper-ballistic, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> and the audience is connecting with you on that level, and he was saying what joy that was to go, you two guys do what you're doing, I'm going to be doing what we're doing, and the acceptance that we all have of yeah. this is what it is that's happening right now.
1: Yeah, well, that's what's so exciting about improvisation is, is naivete is as brilliant as knowing. And as a matter of fact, it's a it's even more of a gift sometimes not knowing, going into a scene, you know, enjoying not knowing, right? Being confident about not knowing instead of being insecure about not knowing. It's always a better idea to come in knowing. And it's going to change, anyways, because you're not responsible for writing the scene. Right. You only come in with an initiation, and somebody else is going to react to it, and then it's going to take whatever shape it's going to take. Right. So it's great to come in knowing. But to come in knowing the unknown and being confident about not knowing is a mouthful right but it certainly is the the brilliance of what improvisation is all about because we don't know until it's over what it's about good never do
0: let's end there all right (laughs) thank you so much thank you you for listening to the add comedy podcast for dave rosowski i'm Ian foley